Glory, glory. And when you're here, please expect to receive. Say to the person next to you, I expect to receive. Amen. I don't know about you. I'm getting something from the Lord. I've got and I'm still getting. Praise God. Amen. I'm a (laughs) go-getter. I'm a go-getter. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Understanding the spiritual realm. This is so awesome. You know, when the Lord gave it to me, I said, wow, I've never seen this. Glory be to God. You know, the Lord has been asking me to read the Amplified Bible. And I've gone through the book of Ephesians the second time, the Amplified Bible. And uh, I strongly encourage and invite every one of you to do that. It's so, so powerful. Amen. Understanding the spiritual realm. Okay, I want you to go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 with me. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 in the New Living Translation. Okay, or okay, we have 113 in the King James. That's all right, we can use that. Who have, who referring to Jesus, have delivered us, referring to the born-again Christians, referring to those who have put your faith in the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, his substitutionary sacrifice for you on the cross. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, I want to ask you this question. How many times does the word kingdom appear in this scripture? Come on, tell me, church. Twice. So how many kingdoms are there? Two. Two kingdoms in the spiritual realm on the earth. Two kingdoms in the spiritual realm on the earth. And the first thing that Jesus did, the first thing that Jesus still does for everyone, anyone who calls upon him as the Lord and Savior, the first thing that he will do for you is to translate you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It's called relocation. Come on, say with me, relocation. Where you are matters. Where you are matters. A lot of us, you know, we are migrants here. We understand that. Okay, so that's the first thing that Jesus will do to you when you call upon him and you call upon his name to be your Lord and your Savior. Without you doing anything, without you paying a million dollars or two million dollars, he will relocate you out of the realm of darkness into the realm of light. That's the realm of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first thing, relocating you into the light, setting you free from the darkness, relocating you out of bondage into freedom. You have been delivered out of bondage under the oppression and the pressure of the devil into the kingdom of freedom. And once you've been relocated, your choices matter very, very much. In the past, you were used to be oppressed. You were used to be dominated. You were used to be driven. But now you have been translated into the kingdom of freedom 
The kingdom of freedom is the kingdom where your choices, your decisions matter. So it's important that you stop blaming anybody else. It's important that you stop even blaming the devil and recognize that you are now in the land of freedom. Can we say amen? Your choices matter very much to you for the rest of your life. You don't want to be living in the consequences of wrong or bad choices. Now, I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, the King James. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, for anyone who doesn't understand this phase, you know, why is it God the Father of our Lord? This is referring to Jesus the man, all right? So the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us. This is where our focus is this morning. He has blessed us. What tense is that? Perfect tense. That means it's a done deal. It's a done deal. You are already blessed. So stay in the realm of blessings. Okay? Jesus had already piggybacked you. How many of you understand the word piggyback? So Jesus had already piggybacked you, okay, into the kingdom of heaven, into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of blessings. So don't get off his back. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. Hallelujah. He said, who has blessed us with all, A-L-L-O, all, this is an inclusive word, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, I want you to notice the word places. The word places in the Amplified Bible is written as ram, R-E-A-L-M, ram, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly ram. The word ram means zone. It means territory. It means domain, state, nation, kingdom. So you have been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Zong, you have been delivered out of the song of oppression into the song of freedom. There are songs in the realm of the spirit. And that's why even there was darkness in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. God can choose one zone and highlight it. And brings light to that zone. So there can be earthquakes all around you. But where you are standing. Has no earthquakes. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. If you look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. I want you to understand that the God that we serve is the God of corporate blessings. But at the same time, he's also the God of personal blessings. 
Once you are born again, you have two kingdoms. One is the kingdom within. Jesus said, don't you know that the kingdom of God is within you? And also you have the kingdom of God upon you. So you have the kingdom within that you have to do something about. And then you have the kingdom upon. There is a personal life. There is also a corporate life for every Christian. Your corporate life matters. And your personal life also matters. That means there is a micro, there is also a macro. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, some people always chasing after what's the biggest, what is the biggest, what is the biggest. How many of you know that what stopped the Second World War was not what's the biggest, it was the smallest, the atomic bomb. An atom is very small. So don't be fooled by just the size. Your body is made up of cells that are very, very small. And all the minute organisms in your body, they are very, very important. If you look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, and hath raised us up together, And made us sit together. Where? In heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. Spiritually, you have been relocated from the earth to the heavenly realm. That's where you operate. Smith Wigglesworth, he said, when you pray, don't pray from the earth up. You pray from heaven down. Because that's where you are seated. And don't limit your understanding of God with your subjective human experiences and intelligence. Because you don't understand much about God that way. You have to understand God by the Holy Spirit who is from above. How can an ant understand a man? Why? Because we're in different realms. We are in different levels, at different levels. How can a man understand God? Except when God reveals himself to you. You understand what I'm saying? Thank you, Jesus. So heavenly places means heavenly realms. There are realms in heaven. In the kingdom of Jesus Christ, they have different levels, zones, locations, operations, manifestations. Remember, it's a kingdom. A lot of Christians, they think when I go to heaven, I'll just be floating, you know. If you just be floating, there's no need for you to go to heaven. Birds can float in the sky. It's a kingdom. It is a government. It is a nation. It is a territory. It is a state. It is a realm. 
Thank you, Jesus. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 to 21 in the Amplified Bible. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 to 21 in the Amplified. All right? Start listening. Say to the person next to you, listen up. Listen up. He raised him, referring to God the Father, raised Jesus, Amplified Bible. He raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. All right? Now look at verse 21. The heavenly realm. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. Above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. I want you to highlight and notice the word age. How many times is this word mentioned in verse 21? How many times? Come on, count it. How many times? Twice. That's right. H. Okay, what about the word world? How many times is this word mentioned in the scripture? Twice again. All right. I want you to hide like this. This is very important. This is the key. Now, the word age is the word ion. Ion in the Greek. And the word world is the word cosmos in the Greek. Now, I'm going to explain this to you. Now, we need to understand that Paul lived in the first century. And the book of Ephesians was written at about 60 AD. He knew by the Holy Spirit that he is speaking by the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy means you speak into the future. How many of you understand that time, you have time past, time present, and time future? Time is linear. All right? It's not circular. Time is linear. So that's why every one of us have a life span. Every one of us. Okay? So the Apostle Paul, he knew at that time he was given the spirit of prophecy. And he was speaking. He was praying. He was writing. Not only addressing his immediate age and his own world, but also his prophesying, his speaking into the age and the world to come. This is the key. Don't allow your subjective perspective, your subjective interpretation, your subjective experience limits you from what God has for you. Because God is bigger. God is bigger. Amen. Okay. Don't allow our pettiness to stop us from receiving from God because you need to receive from him. What do you have that you have not received? How can one who is created challenge the creator? Even your life was given to you. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2. We're going to look at those two words, ion and cosmos. So look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2, the amplified again. 
in which at one time you walked habitually. Habitually. You were following the course and the fashion of this world. And that's why it takes the renewing of the mind. That's why it takes you some time to change. Because that was a habitual way of living. Driven by devils. Driven by the cares of this world. Living by the deceitfulness of riches. And that's why even though you had been relocated, your mind needs to be renewed. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. So which at one time you walked habitually, you were following the course and the fashion of this world, cosmos, was under the sway and the tendency of this present age, ion. Following the prince of the power of the air. Who is that? Who is the prince of the power of the air? Satan. That's right. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly, uh, if you can move that, that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. Amen. You see that in the PowerPoint? Just continue that scripture. All right. So that means Christians, if you are living a careless life, whatever. I'm too tired to think about it. I don't want to think about it. Whatever. The careless That's not a way to live. All right? So you don't want to be callous, and definitely you don't want to be rebellious, and definitely you don't want to be unbelieving. Because the minute you do that, you are under the sway of the prince of the air. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you know that it's easy to go downhill, but it takes effort to go up? So say to the person next to you, listen up. How many of you have ever tried hard to think or to recall something? It's like you could literally feel your brain moving (laughs) like the wheels. That's your soul. If ever you want to know your soul, go to your mind. Go to your brain. That's your soul. If ever you find yourself struggling, you are in the soul. How many of you have prayed? Yes, with your hands lifted up. How many of you have sung worship to God? And when you do that, you feel that there is like a light. It's so, you, you feel that you, you become so light. You, you become so, so, so lighthearted. It's just like there's power coming out of you, coming out of you, the worship coming out of you and ascend to heaven. That's your spirit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. So I want to focus on the word age. The word age is the word ion. Ion is to do with time. It means a period of time. It means a time frame. It means a transition. It means also your lifespan. What's your age? I'm 20. I'm 30. I'm 40. That means I have lived 
chronologically 40 years. I have lived chronologically 80 years. Time, the time frame, the time span. It also means a generation. A generation. We're living in a generation, meaning the people that were born into this sanctuary. Born into this century, sorry, century, 100 years. We call that the generation. We are in the digital generation. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. Age has both natural and spiritual meaning in the Bible. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. But strong meat belongs to those who are, come on and read this together with me, who are together, one, two, three, of full age, of full age. What's the definition of that? Those who by reason of use have their senses, spiritual senses, exercise to discern between good and evil. So if you have been practicing the word, practicing discernment, practicing spiritual judgment, you're growing. Your spirit is growing. And is it a good thing to grow? Is it a good thing to grow? It is. It is a good thing to grow. Amen? So you have to look at age from God's perspective. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Aging in the spiritual sense is a good thing. God is called the ancient of days. So think biblically, think by the truth, not like the world. Too many Christians, you call yourself a Christian, but you think like a Gentile. Say to the person next to you, it's time to change. God has translated you out of Egypt. You need to take your mind out of Egypt. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Say with me, I'm not a Gentile anymore. I'm a Christian. I'm a born again child of God. I'm a spiritual person. Amen. Glory be to God. The word cosmos is translated as the English word world. Cosmos is a Greek word. It means order. It means arrangement. It means organization. How many of you have heard of the new world order? So that's the word cosmos. The word cosmos also has to do with space. Space. It means an occupied area. What did Jesus say? Occupy till I come. So the word world also means an occupied area, an occupied zone, a territory, a realm, a domain. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. Is everybody okay? Yes. 
First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 8. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. Who are the rulers of this age? Come on, tell me. Devils. Demons. The higher ranking devils. Okay, they're called rulers. This age means ion. Generation. This age. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So what are we talking about? The rulers of this age. The rulers, in another translation, is written as the princes of this world. So the word world in English, sometimes is the word ion, and sometimes is the word cosmos, depending on the context. So the word ion means the whole generation, people that were born within this age bracket or this age or this time frame. And it also means people that were born into this territory, this time zone, this space. All right. And the devils are called the rulers. What does that mean? That means devils are to do with occupying territories, occupying territories with people in them. Occupying the entertainment territory with people in them. Occupying the education territory with people in them. Occupying the medical zone with people in them. Devils are territorial. Devils are possessive and devils are territorial. So whenever you find yourself being possessive and territorial, cast out that devil from your soul. Amen? All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Because we are stewards. Nothing belongs to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. All right? Now we have received not the spirit of the world, or not the devils of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Okay, so the spirit of the world, what do they do? What, what do the devils of the world, what do they do? It's the spirit of oppression. It's the spirit of suppression. It's the spirit of control. It's the spirit of manipulation. It's the spirit of sickness and disease. The spirit of accidents. The spirit that destroys. The spirit that rebels. The spirit that is antichrist. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. The spirits that influence people so that they want to abort their babies. The spirit that drives people to anger and frustration. The spirit that brings offense. I'm so offended by my pastor. I'm so offended by my spouse. They are devils. And they do that. Why? Because they want the result. And the result is to master you and to control you and to destroy you. So our life revolves ion and cosmos. Our life involves time and space, the two dimensions. Say to the person next to you, time and space. Time is H, is the word H, ion. Space is the word cosmos. Referring to territory. It can be a spiritual territory. It can be a physical territory. It can be a zone. It can be a, an area. 
So what is in your time and what is in your space matters. They both matter very, very much. What is in your time zone and what is in your space matter. What do you mean by that? How many of you have heard of the word atmosphere? How many of you have ever walked into a place and it's so, so oppressive? How many of you have ever had a conversation and then the atmosphere turns to become very argumentative? At most fear. At most fear. At most fear. Have you got it? So the word atmosphere means what is the most in your sphere? What is the most at your sphere? Devils or angels? God or devils? In the sphere of your mind, in the sphere of your soul, what do you have? What is around you? Remember, what is on the inside of you attracts what's on the outside of you. Purity attracts God. Defilement attracts devils. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Thank you, Jesus. So who is ordering our thoughts, our emotions, and swaying our will? What is dominating our generation, our time frame, or the age? Do you know what is dominating this present generation? Uh, the atheist, the humanist, the robotic age, the digital age, the technical age. You know what they're trying to do? They are trying to depersonalize you. Haven't you noticed that people have been depersonalized? They are exalting robots over people. Technology over the mind of men. The reason why the world has become so immoral is because morality doesn't matter in the digital world. We need to know the time that we're in. If you have a robot, it doesn't matter what the character is like. Sometimes people find it easier to work with a robot than with a person. <laughs> but God is not in the business of saving robots. He's in the business of saving people. Say to the person next to you, People matters. You, we need to know the time that we're living in. Okay? We're living in a robotic age. We're living in a digital age. Amen? We're living in a time that people don't care about God, don't believe in God. All they want to know is about themselves, about people. People are very self-centered, self-righteous. Okay? So let's go back to heaven. <laughs> is that all right? What is heaven made up of? Air. Air. 
Okay, let me ask you. Who is the breath of God? The Holy Spirit, right? What did God put into the first man to bring that mannequins of mud to become a living person? What did he do? He breathed air. He breathed. And that man became a living soul. Let me ask you a question. What is his breath made up of? Air. Let me ask you, if you look at your body, or you can ask Dr. Liu out there, what is the majority of your body made up of? Water. Number one, water. That's why you can fast on food, but it's not easy to fast on water. Okay? Your body is made up of water. And what's the next very important thing for your body? That without which we all die. Air. Water and air. Water and air. What is water? What's the chemical formula for water? Come on, tell me. H2O. What is that? Air. And water comes in different forms. It can be water vapor, right? It can be water, the liquid. It can be water, the ice cube. So we need to understand that God can manifest to us in different forms and shapes and ways. So don't be so stuck in our own human way. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. All right, let's understand air better. What is air? Air is a medium. Because I'm into gardening, so I'm learning all this. Air is a medium. What is a medium? A medium is an agency or a platform. Okay. For example, to have fish, what medium do you need? Water. To have plants, what medium do you need? Soil. What is the soil for? To hold water and air. To have people. What medium do you need? Air. Is the breath of life. Okay? It's very important. We can't survive without air. Air is what the human voice, what the human sound can travel through. Electricity can travel through air. Heat, cold, they can also travel through air. And most important of all, our thoughts, our feelings can all travel through air. There is nothing that cannot travel through air. How many of you know that when you want to stop the food from decaying, what do you do? You suck out the air. You suck out the air. Stop the passage of time. To keep it, prolong it, the life in the food to stay longer. And we have all heard of the, the phrase on air. What does it mean? Ready to be broadcast. What is broadcast transmission? A physical human body cannot survive on a mountain higher than 3,000 meters. There will be brain and lung damage. Due to the atmosphere or the air condition at those altitudes. 
Because this physical body cannot go to the higher heavens. That's why this physical body must be changed. The Bible says in the twinkling of an eye, your body will be changed so that you can go up, zoom, to the higher heavens. Every word in the Bible makes sense. Understand that. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 53. We're living in the end times. Eternity is drawing closer and closer. And that's why God is giving us this kind of revelation. So what is eternal becomes more and more real to us. Can we say amen? There is no need to be afraid of death. There is no need to be scared of death. Death means you are leaving this earthly realm, this earthly territory, this planet called earth to another place, another realm, which is a lot better than this. Can we say amen? Okay, let's look at 1 Corinthians. What did I say? 1553, for this corruptible, referring to the natural physical body, must put on incorruption. What's the meaning of incorruption? Means it cannot be corrupted. It will not decay. It will not rot. It will not perish like the vegetables. It will not perish like your seafood or meat or whatever. Incorruption means cannot be corrupted. That means it's incorruptible. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, just now I mentioned that air is a medium. Devils also operate in the air and by the air. He and his devils operate through thoughts, words, suggestions, doctrines, social media, Songs, games, movies, television, etc., etc. Thoughts and voices come through the air. And that's why God had instituted for the church to do praise and worship. Why? Because your voice matters. Come on, say to the person next to you, your voice matters. Remember, what did I say? I say, if you sit down, God will sit down with you. If you don't work, God will sit down with you. Don't expect him to bless you because you, sit, you are sitting down. There has to be a synchronizing. God had already done his part. He had got you into the entrance. You've come in. You've already come in at salvation through the door. So whatever you get now is up to you. You can sit and question and ask all the way till you are 90. And when you go to heaven, you will be a baby starting all over again. Time matters. As you are now on earth, your spiritual level, so shall you be in heaven. So when Paul was called and he was serving God so powerfully, when he went to heaven, he wasn't a spiritual baby. He was a spiritual adult and he continued to grow and he continued to grow and he would be ruling and reigning with Christ. 
your time on earth, the minute you become a Christian, will never be wasted. So don't waste your life, your time on petty matters. You can be so busy making money. That's why Jesus said, what if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? You can be so busy, you know, counting the cows, (laughs) counting how many cows you have, how many diamonds you have, how much money you have. But all of these things, you don't have them in heaven. Eternity matters. And you better start eternity now. Don't wait till you get there. Okay? We have heard of satellites, haven't we? Satellites are now bouncing data back and forth from one location to another. I have Rudy there listening to me. Or from one location to many locations. Is that right? Satellites are used for the beaming of television programs, you know, uh, the beaming of worldwide uh, news reports, remote phone calls, community radio, weather reports, news reports, Uber, (laughs) Uh, Google, Google Maps, (laughs) vehicle tracking. I'm getting more serious now. People tracking, data and people control, or surveillance, military purposes. Satellites are in the outer space, a lot higher than the sky just above us. But they are still in the solar heaven. We are in a digital world. A digital world means a world that is highly under the control of surveillance. A digital world means you have all your data controlled. They know everything about you. To me, technological advancement is the modern tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. History repeats itself. Technology is the rebuilding of the Tower of Babel. People who think that they can be God, they can reach the highest heaven. They don't believe in God. They are themselves God. Look at what we can do. Look at what we can build for ourselves. But Christians, we cannot say that we don't want technology. Let's move into the jungles. No. Let me ask you a question. Where did Jesus defeat the demons? In the midst of hell. What did the apostle Paul, what did he say? Don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. And that's why Christians, we cannot be ignorant of what's going on in technology. We cannot be ignorant of what's going on in our present generation, in the world that we are living in now. And that's why it is so important for us to master technology so that we are ahead of it and not behind it. You are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Can we say amen? 
Church, Christians, we cannot afford to be outdated, irrelevant, and ignorant. Can we have an amen? Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Spiritual knowledge and natural knowledge. Knowledge is power. We need to be in the know in order that we can be in the flow of God's purpose and plan and time. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. I want to show you three scriptures. Genesis 11 verse 4. Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. All right, reach that. Read that for yourself. Isaiah 14, 14. This is Satan speaking. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. The most high. Second Kings chapter 12, verse 3. Second Kings chapter 12, verse 3, referring to idolatry. But the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burnt incense on the high places. I have been to Taiwan. I have been to other countries where they have all the temples on the high mountains. And I remember once I saw at the top of this mountain, there is like a dragon that's made of concrete, of course. There is this dragon that's all the way from the top of the mountain to the bottom of the mountain. High places. So from all these scriptures, can't you see the devil's ambition? Demons are very ambitious. Satan is very ambitious. And that's why in history, you can see Hitler. You can see Mussolini. You can see Napoleon. They were driven by the devil himself. If you look at Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 to 9, I just need to highlight because of time. We need to understand, all right, there was a war in heaven and what happened that Satan and all his demons had been defeated and driven out of heaven and there was no place for them in heaven anymore. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. And if you look at Luke chapter 10, verse 18, this is what Jesus, our Lord, he said, he gave us this revelation. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So let me ask you, is he above you or under you? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God. Now, I want you to look at this with me. Remember, the word in the Bible is never wasted. Indeed, that means we need to pay attention. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens, plural, that means Heaven has levels. You have the immediate heaven, you have the heaven in the middle, and you have the highest heaven. It's just like your faith. Your faith can be ankle deep, 
Your faith can be knee-deep. You're still making your own decision, deciding what to do. Your, your faith can go up to your waist. You're finding it hard to just make your own decision anymore. You know, the conviction is there and the Holy Spirit is there. And then you have the faith that is now above your head. You just have to follow the Lord. You're fully surrendered. Everything comes in degrees and in measure. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. That's what, that's the word, uh, what's the word? Quantum. That's the word, how do you say it? Quantum. Quantum. That's the word, quantum. It means numbers. All right. Okay. That's another sermon. All right. Let's go to um, heaven. So heaven has levels. So you have the atmospheric or solar heaven. So that's the heaven above you. That's the heaven where the planets are. That's where they put all the satellites. And then you have the spiritual heaven. At the bottom of that spiritual heaven is where all the devils are. The lowest. You call it the sky. All right? So that's the spiritual heaven. And above them, of course, you have the angels. That's the highest heaven with God and the angels. All right? So we need to understand that where God dwells. So let me ask you, all the rockets and satellites, where are they? In the solar heaven, all right, or the solar sky, all right. Now, I want you to look at this prophecy in Haggai chapter 2, verse 6. Are you okay? Haggai chapter 2, verse 6. For thus says the Lord of hosts. What does that mean? That means there's an army in heaven. And when God speaks, every, every angel, listen up, all right? The Lord of hosts, he, what did he say? Once more, now notice that this is present tense. It's not past tense. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while. When did he shake the heaven? Come on, in the Old Testament. Come on. When did he first, when did he first shake the heavens? In the Old Testament. In the time of Noah. In the time of Noah. Remember that? Yes. And he said, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven. Now, God knows. God knows when Haggai was giving that prophecy, he knew what, was, what is going to happen in this digital generation. We're putting all the stuff in the heavens. Okay. And he's not going to tolerate it for a long time. He's going to shake the heavens. So watch Watch for this prophecy to come to pass. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Let's go back to the earth realm. <laughs> okay. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 12 in the Amplified Bible. All right. All this teaching is for you to know how accurate and powerful the word of God is. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. A share. Uh, I want you to go to, yes, the, the, the third last line. The third last line. Can you see that? A share in the heavenly kingdom or heavenly realm, heavenly zone, heavenly state, is sought with the most ardent seal and intense exertion. Whoa. What does that mean? Jesus is saying, seize your God-given Precious inheritance. Seize your God-given heavenly gifts. 
the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, all the spirits that have been given to you, the, the ministry of the Holy Ghost, the power to speak in tongues, speaking in tongues as a gift, speaking in tongues as your prayer language, cease, 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 lay hold of them ardently, passionately. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There is a song that is laid up for you. That's why you see the healing evangelists, you see the ministers moving in the gifts because they have laid hold of their inheritance. And yet all the Christians just sit there oh, and just go after them. <laughs> Pray for me, please. No, why don't you lay hold of what God has for you? Can we say amen? Come on, lift up your hands and say, I'm laying hold. I'm laying hold. Listen to me, nobody can be raptured for you. Whether you will be raptured is your own choice. God is no respecter of persons. Remember, God is being personal. Every one of us is a personal, is a personal child of God. So what you do with your life, especially your Christian life, matters. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 114. No, I must have got the wrong. Matthew 7, verse 14. Matthew 7, 14. Can you read this together with me? One, two, three. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. I love the grace message. But please, don't contradict the word. Narrow, narrow is the gate. Difficult is the way that leads to life. Let me ask you a few questions. Can Christians, all of us here, have bad thoughts? Absolutely. Can Christians make Wrong decisions. Absolutely. Can Christians prioritize the wrong things? Absolutely. So, are Christians free from demonic influences and manipulations? No. What is the answer? It's up to you to choose. When you are nasty to me, it's my choice whether I react and be nasty back to you or I be quiet and pray for you. And whom do you think the Holy Spirit will go to? The one who will be quiet and praying. The choice is ours. Say with me, my life, my choice. One more time, my life, my choice. Let me ask you, is this Christian life a cheap and a casual one? No. It costed Jesus his earthly life. Will you be very casual with your expensive stuff? Would you be casual with your money? 
your jewelry, your cars? No. So why do you think that you can be casual with God or flippant with him? I just come to church whenever I want. I'm so used to being late, so I'm just, every Sunday I'm late. Where's the conviction? Where's the light? Is it because you have hardened, habitual, careless? How do I know that I have the Holy Spirit? I won't be dozing off in church. I know God is with me. And yet, when difficult times come, you think you can just wave a magic wand and you get angry with God, but you don't get your prayers answered. This is what the church is like now. Just give me all the Christian songs. Don't make the sermon too long. Don't make the message too difficult. I don't have time. Well, you have time going to work five days a week. Why? Because of money. The devil can just buy your time with money. You give me your time, I give you my money. And God will never do that. Because you can never buy him. And don't forget, the whole generation died unacceptable to God during the 40 years of wilderness in Exodus. Except Joshua and Caleb. Don't make the gospel cheap. God is not a cheapo. He does not run Daiso, $2 shop. (laughs) the whole generation they had seen the ten plagues in Egypt talking about signs and wonders and miracles signs and wonders and miracles will not change your character will not change your heart God will not change your heart what your heart is like is up to you you are the one to choose You are not a parrot. You are not a robot. Your heart is your making. That's why conviction matters. Conviction matters. How do I go? How do I grow? How do I grow? One conviction. Another conviction. I do something about it. I act on it. I act on it. I do something about it. I change. I teach myself as the Holy Spirit has taught me. And that's why I'm being transformed from the natural to the supernatural, from the carnal to the holy. Can we say amen? Amen. Glory be to God. They had seen all the ten plagues. They had seen God parting the Red Sea. So many miracles, yet the whole generation died in the wilderness except Joshua and Caleb. Why? Because their hearts chose to go back to Egypt. They chose to point their fingers at God. They blamed God. They complained against Moses and Aaron. How 
come you've led us to this place and we have nothing to eat? It's better. We had better things to eat back in Egypt. Why is this Christian life so difficult? Life was a lot easier before I became a Christian. How many of you have had those thoughts? What about the generation after the millennium? I've been a Christian. I'm serving God. I'm a leader. Now, don't confuse serving God with your spiritual growth. You can be so used to serving God. You think you're up there, but you know and you know you're not up there. That's why we've seen so many leaders fallen. Serving God for a long time does not mean that you are spiritually mature. You can be doing the same thing, playing the same keyboard for 20 years and fail your test again and again. I speak this to myself. I have the Holy Spirit warn me and remind me many times. I have to listen to this sermon. I have to practice this sermon myself. Or all of you will be raptured and I will be left behind. <laughs> and I don't want that to happen. There is a personal walk every one of us must do. And it's very, very dangerous. I'm sorry, I just have to emphasize this because the Holy Spirit is quickening me. It's very, very dangerous to think that because you have been a Christian for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, that you can stop growing. And you know and you know that within you, the fire is not there. The passion is not there. The joy is not there. And you know and you know and you know and you know you're just going through the motion without the heart. How many of you are taking this? Thank you, Jesus. The whole generation after the millennium, I had the, God, I had the Holy Spirit speak this to me when I was waking up. He said the whole generation after the millennium, we're talking about the reign of Christ with the church, right? The whole generation after the millennium, many of them, you can read this in Revelation chapter 20, many of them did not make it to heaven. Is God being cruel? No. Heaven is a holy place. Heaven is a holy place. The church is holy. Yes, we want to win souls, but not at the expense of making church so cheap. God so cheap. Jesus so cheap as they are not. Amen. So you ask me this question, is the Christian life a costly life? Absolutely. It costed Jesus his whole life. It's always a matter of habitual priority. Who is first? Jesus or me? Well, you say, why did God make it so difficult for us to go to heaven? No, God didn't make it hard. Jesus gave you his life so that you have an entrance into heaven by faith. He gave us his faith and he gave us his grace. Can we say amen? And he gave us the justification by faith. 
get us into heaven. Amen. How do I know that I'm saved? This is a very important question. By their fruit, you will know them. How do I know that I'm saved? I receive convictions. I love to worship God. I love to hear the word. There is an excitement in me. There is a hunger in me. There is a thirsting in me. I know where I'm going and I know who is going with me. The devil would try to distract you and get you busy, 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 busy. But then when you calm down, when you quiet down, you know and you know, my Lord, my God is calling me. Amen. Transformation is happening to you. That's how you know you are saved. Transformation. Transformation starts at the point of salvation. And then you keep yielding to the Holy Spirit. You keep yielding to the Holy Spirit. There will be many, many distractions, deceptions, and excuses. And that's why don't look around. The kingdom of God is within you. Look within you. The prompting of the Holy Spirit, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the righteousness of God. And look up. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. And keep up with the training. Keep up with the training. Hold on to your salvation. Keep up with the training. You're going higher and higher and higher in your soul until you reach heaven. You won't be going to go around the mountain again and again and again. You won't be quarreling with your husband or your wife for 20 years, 30 years. No. Your spouse can argue all he or she wants, but you will stop. That's it. Stop blaming each other. Work on yourself. Nobody can work your salvation but you. Can we say amen? Okay, let me finish with this. There will be those who enter heaven as spiritual babies. And they will be trained and they have to grow up spiritually. All right? And there will be those who will go to heaven and start at a higher level. As your spiritual level or maturity on earth, so shall you be when you go to heaven. As your spiritual intelligence on earth, so shall you be when you go to heaven. So we continue. And that's why Jesus said that I have come to give you what? Eternal life. That means the life that never stops. It's an ongoing Ongoing journey to heaven, all right? And what is the joy of heaven? The joy of heaven is you will be so, so, so uh, inspired. And you have a lot of aspiration to be good, to follow God, to be holy. And you have uh, so much joy serving other things in heaven. It's like it's the joy unspeakable and full of glory. Everything else that you, you're after on the earth, like the beauty, the convenience, you have that. That's the lowest blessing. Everything that you're after on earth becomes the lowest blessing in heaven. And you'll be blessed over and above all that you can ask or think. You spend so much money, so much time 
you know, in making yourself beautiful. But in heaven, your beauty will be given to you, restored back to you. You spend so much time, you know, making yourself clever, you know, doing all the degree and everything. In heaven, your mind will be at its optimal capacity. Hallelujah. Can we say amen? So say to the person next to you, don't waste your life on earth. Start building your heavenly life now. Can we say amen? Can you see the difference between the the two poles? One is God attracting you. One is the devil driving you. So do you want to be led or do you want to be driven? Led. But the key is when God leads you, that means he won't force you. You have to choose. Say to the person next to you, choose. Amen. Can we have the musicians on stage? Can I ask you to stand with me?